So every year we have a Vision Sunday, maybe you're here for the very first time, and it's the Vision Sunday is not like something which I think what could be the next step. Really as a team, we always come together, we ask God, what is on your heart, what could be the next step? Because we believe the church belongs to Jesus, it's all about Jesus. In the end of the day, our leadership, our volunteering, it's all about Jesus, that people get to know Jesus and getting strong followers of Jesus Christ. That's why we came together and our heart was because our church has almost doubled the last two years. We have more small groups than ever. We have more people in the community. We have more people in the building, actually. Uh, and we just felt we want to speak about discipleship. What is the, the road of discipleship in our church? And I want to start, actually, with this guy. Maybe, maybe you met this guy. This, the name of this guy is Peter. Have you ever heard about Peter? Peter, Peter, you actually can read from Peter in the Bible, but Peter had a moment when he was not a believer. Peter was just somewhere in the nowhere. He was not a believer. He just was uh, walking and floating. And there's a lot of people in our environment. They're not believers yet. They are not believers yet. But they will be believers because we believe that God can do a transforming miracles in everyone. You, we believe that, actually. So the Bible says, actually, in Matthew chapter 28, a very famous Bible verse in 19, verse 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So the Bible says, go out to the Peters, and they are somewhere floating around and win them into the kingdom of God. And the first step in discipleship is we can only disciple people if they are believers. <laughs> you cannot disciple anyone who's not a believer. It doesn't make sense. The first point I want to share with you, go and win people for Jesus Christ. Because just think for a moment about your own life. You had a moment where you were not following Christ, right? And God used maybe your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, maybe a pastor, maybe a man of God, just to lead you to Christ. But the moment when you're realizing I need Jesus Christ, this is always the job of the Holy Spirit, right? You cannot convince anyone about Christ. Sometimes people say to me, Pastor Leo, it's so hard. How can I share the gospel? If I ask young people in the young generation set about Jesus, they want to ask me, what about the climate change? Yeah, well, ask me about what people think about the LGBTQ movement. And then all of a sudden I say, oh my gosh, I don't know. Uh, in the Bible says God loves men and women, but there's no more. And often we are confused saying, I'm not, I'm not solid to share the gospel. Listen to me. You do not have to know the old answers. The only thing what you need, God needs that we are available. God needs available people that say, God sent me to the Peter and I want to lead those people to Jesus Christ actually, right? Let's be open that we can be a vessel that God can use us to connect us with people that do not know Jesus Christ yet. This is the first step. Go and win people for Christ. So I was wondering, how does Jesus want people for Christ? And here's a story about in Luke chapter 5, verse 1, and I like it. And there's actually a twist in the whole story. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listened to the word of God. Can you imagine? It's like a revival moment. Hundreds of people were there. People, Jesus was sharing the gospel. And everyone will say, oh my gosh, that's awesome. A big crowd, a big crowd, numbers of people. So Jesus had a problem because there were too many people. And he saw, oh my gosh, here is Peter. He looks very sad because he was fishing the whole night and he was not able to cut any fish. So Jesus saw Peter 
really sad is that in Luke chapter 5, verse 3, he got into one of the boats, the one belonged to Simon, this dude actually, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and thought the people from the boat. So Jesus took Peter and said, I need you, and took the boat. And here is a moment to think about. This is a boat, and Jesus was sharing the gospel from the boat to the big crowd. We often think when, re when revival happens, it's always a big crowd. But when Jesus was finished to the crowd, he said to Peter and says in verse 4, then he was finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and down the net for a catch and check out what Jesus did. He spoke to the crowd. In one moment, he turned around to the crowd and the crowd could only see his back. The butt and the back. And Jesus was speaking only to one person. Do you know there is always a moment when you turn your back from your work, from your church, from the micro church, you turn around and you're focusing to one person who needs you, is super open for Jesus Christ. This is the 90.1%. Jesus led the 99 sheep by his side. He was after one sheep. And I think right now this year, God will say to you, there's one person who needs you, who needs your attention. He needs you because you will the one person who led these people to Christ. But here's a challenge. I remember we had a lady in our church. She led a big ministry. I mean, a big message. But she never led one person to Christ. And she said, Pastor Leo, I cannot share the gospel. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. So I asked her a very theological question. I asked, is there anything what you can do good? She said, yes, I'm a good, strong coffee drinker. So have you ever thought about using your gift of coffee drinking for Jesus? See, what do you mean by that? Is it, if you're inviting your friends to church, they will say no. But if you invite your friends for a coffee, they will come. She said, yeah, that's right. So invited, she invited all her friends for a coffee on an on a early morning. Everyone came. So they were drinking coffee. Then one neighbor asked her, I have a question. What is the question? Every Sunday morning, you drive away with the car, you, your whole entire family, early in the morning, every single Sunday morning. Yeah, right. Where do you go? I go to church. What? You're going to church? Yes, of course you're going to church. And then the neighbor asked, can I join you? She said, why not? Because of coffee drinking, she brought her friend for the very first time to church. And can you imagine when you're coming for the very first time to church, you see people lifting up their hands. You think, oh, they're cleaning windows. What are they doing? She was very confused in the first moment, but after all, she felt the presence of God. Tears was running down the cheek. In the end of the message, she came to the front. She gave over her life to Jesus Christ. Her challenge is stop drinking coffee. Use that gift to invite those Peter in your home that have never heard about Jesus Christ. And I think God will send you at your workplace what I can do. I play very good golf, actually. Every Monday after I preach to the crowd, to our church, to the online community, 6,000 people, you know what I do on Monday? I turn my back on you. 
And I will play golf with three people that have never been to church, they've never met Jesus, they've never said yes to Christ. And for more than three to four hours, I can share the gospel because they cannot walk away. Hey, there's a gift that God has given you. You can use it so simple to connect with those people that do not know Jesus Christ yet. So Peter got saved after this amazing encounter with Jesus and Pastor Michael he will, he will explain to you, what are we doing if a person got saved? Because then the real work of discipleship really starts even then. So, Pastor Michael. Yeah, thank you, Leo. Yeah, so what, what are we doing when people get saved? When we look at the text uh, where Jesus gave out the great commission to us in Matthew 28, the next thing he says, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and uh, teach them to obey everything that I commanded you. So it's about baptizing and teaching, two points, right? So a few years back, around three years back, I was in the exact situation that a friend of mine, he was not even a friend at that point, he, he was the football coach of one of my sons. He asked me, he said, listen up, I saw you, you, you always uh, come and bring your sons. And I was interested, who is this guy? And I googled you and I saw that you were preaching. And I want to mo know more about your Christian faith. Can we go and have a beer and talk about life? And we did that. And the first time we met up, he gave his life to Jesus, actually. We prayed somewhere after having a beer. We prayed. We were not drunk. We were really uh, very conscious about what's happening. And uh, he, he said, hey, teach me more. So I was in the exact uh, situation to ask myself, what am I going to teach him? Uh, how am I going to baptize him? He doesn't know anything. So in my life, it was not Peter. His name is Andy. Maybe in your life, it's going to be Paula or someone else who's going to ask you about the Christian faith. And your job is to, to teach them and baptize them. What are you going to teach them? We realize that even in our church, many people who've been here for many years, we don't know what we want to teach our friends. We just ask around, we, we are looking for booklets and for content, and we don't know what to do. And we want to change, change that in this year. We said, let's, let's have a strategy, let's have a concept that is very simple to every single person here in the church, in the microchurches, online, that we can bring our friends if it's Peter or if it's Paula, and uh, go steps with them. And we came up with the idea of a triangle that we say we want to have people, uh, they discover God, the first step, and then they deepen what they discovered, and then they pass it on, they share it with their friends. That's the, the triangle we designed as a team. We thought about it, and uh, we don't even have um, really decided about the words yet, but we want to have a course for each and every step to help people go their steps with Jesus. So that would be like we were going to have a course about how can I discover God. We already have it in German here in the church, but we haven't yet in English. That's really a shame, but it's true. So we have to go a, a really big step there. Pat is always kicking us and say, hey, it should be in English for a long time. So uh, we're going to do that this year. And in the first uh, step, like discovering God, it, it's going to be, you realize you have a God. Like Peter, he realized Jesus is God and he started to follow him. We talk about who is your father? How can you follow him? How can you find an identity in Jesus? 
That's the first step we go. We discover, we help people discover God. The next step we take Peter or Paula is we're going to help them to deepen their faith. They are going to get rid of their sin. They're going to turn around and uh, get baptized and they will realize the Holy Spirit can come into my life and they will be blessed and go in the power of the Holy Spirit. They will have a get free moment. And all this should happen when people come to Jesus, not years later. Many people walk around churches, they're not, not even baptized yet because nobody told them how they can be baptized. And after 30 years to say, yeah, I think now it's time for me to get baptized. That's not the way we do it in ICF. We want to help people to go steps when they come to Jesus. So after having, having deepened what they learned, we're going to take people the next step and we help them to pass on in their friendships, in their families, and to share the faith in Jesus on, in their way. Maybe they're not coffee drinkers like me. I'm a tea drinker and I drink really, really quietly, you know, not like <laughs> I can drink in a, in a nice way. Okay, <laughs> that's the way I'm going to share my faith. So you see, we want to discover, we want to develop courses during this year to help us all have a simple concept in mind with three steps, have a name for it and take people in our neighborhoods, in our families, the three steps and help them to be mature Christians who can also share their faith. Imagine what's going to happen in our English community here if every one of us has this simple concept and we take our Peters and Paulas and now that they are mature Christians, they're going to take their friends and take them the three steps. That's going to be awesome and people are going to come to Christ and Pat said we're going to double up. So if each, any one of us takes one person this year, we're going to be doubled up. <laughs> All right. I'm excited about that. Susanna, what's going to go next? Yeah, thank you so much, Michi. What an amazing concept. And I'm sure that every one of us or most of us have experienced it by ourselves, that we discovered, we deepened and we passed on for ourselves and also maybe with others. But then is the big question, what comes next? What is next? Is it, does it stop there and nothing happen even more? But I am 50 years in faith now. What is happened with me? What is happened with people that are long in faith? We have a next step and it says grow and remain. How beautiful these two words are. Grow and remain. Even though you are 50 years and more in faith, you can still grow. This is such a... Um, a, a hopeful message for me. And it says in Matthew 28, verse 20, verse B, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. God is always with me. And we have a concept and it is called personal health check. And it's nothing new. It's actually what we live our lifelong. We do next step every year and every, and every year another next step. And it's about the concept we already know because we taught in, in messages in January and the January before. And we always give the Holy Spirit space 
and make room that he can point his finger on which area is ever needed in our life. Because our lives, we can say, it's about, it's about faith, it's about relationship, it's about health, it's about resources and work. This is so to say what our, life, our lives make out. And the question is, Holy Spirit, point out where is a next step needed in which area because we have an interesting picture of a barrel. And the life capacity is as big as the lowest point in our lives is. That's true, isn't it? I mean, we can be very healthy. We can be very good with relationship, but maybe with our finances, maybe with our resources, we are lacking. And there, the, the part, the section is very low. And the lowest section of our lives, that makes the level of our capacity. And this is very interesting. That's why we came up with the health check as a coaching tool, not only for our personal life, but we also want to implement it for our ISAF staff, for our ISAF movement pastors, because we really believe with that personal health check, we can remain and grow. And I experience it in my own life. As I said, 50 years in faith. And this year, As I did the years before, we encourage people to listen to the prayer week where we prayed through every of these five topics. So I did. I listened to the prayer week and I wrote down what I felt like the Holy Spirit is prompting to me in, in every area of these five areas. And this is kind of the New Year's resolution of my yearly goal. And I thought I put it in my in my desk, and let the Holy Spirit do the work. When I find out that Jesus said, as honest as you take your personal goal, I will do it the same. So I heard a message that I was told, you have to write down your personal goal for 30 days every day. Write it down. Because you then don't forget it. So I started to write them down. After seven days, I thought, now I know it by heart. I don't need to write them more. But then I kept on doing, I am now by day 17 today. So you have the chance to do it the same. It's never too late. So I, in day eight, I wrote it down again. And what happened was very interesting because I started to identify myself with my goals, but the goals were very high because I thought I have nothing to lose. I can write down whatever I want because Holy Spirit is responsible to, to make it happen. But all of a sudden, I started to identify myself. And then when I listened to worship music, all of a sudden these songs became prophetic um, encouragement for my goals not before day eight. And I keep on going and I start experience God in a way I have never before. And it's so encouraging and it keeps my relationship with Jesus so alive. And this is what we all need. We need to remain and we need to grow in order to have a life-giving story to share to this Peter. 
to the Peter in your life, to the Peter in my life. Because if my relationship with Jesus is alive, I, I am the, the, the river of living water as it is promised in the Bible. And we need to grow and we need to remain. And with this health check, we do it every year. We experience a, a great tool that God uses to speak to us and to keep us growing and to keep us remaining in Him. Whoa, you are on fire. Oh my goodness. So this is our discipleship track. Actually, I want to repeat it, make it very simple. Actually, okay. There's always a Peter in our life. He doesn't belong to Jesus right now. God sends you to those people. To the Holy Spirit, we lead those people to Christ. Go out into your world, Oikos. But when Peter got saved, then it's very important that he discovered Jesus. He deepened his life. He got baptized, he has a get-free moment, and he learns to share the gospel as well. After you've done everything like this, then as a church, we have the yearly uh, health check as, as a church, as, as leaders, because we want to be as healthy as possible to be the best vessel for Jesus Christ. And you know, Peter, he ended his life with the faith in Jesus very, very well. And this is how I want to close the message of discipleship, because it's one thing to start something, and to start something is very exciting. Sometimes also to start something, sometimes also not easy. But starting is one thing, but finishing, it's another story. So we want to, everyone, we want to finish the race very, very well. So we made a decision the last couple of months, and i give you a little bit of background, because when you are a believer and you are strong on YouTube, we have seen that a lot of strong, good leaders have fallen the last years. Even in some movements around the globe, they're struggling of leadership issues, sexual issues. And if this happens, this is always for the devil, the best thing what can happen. But for the kingdom of God, it's always a nightmare, right? Because a lot of people, they're leaving church and they're super they're disappointed about leadership and all those things. So people ask, ask me the last couple of months and also our team, uh, who, do you, who do you have in your life who is really responsible, who's above you? Do you have an eldership, leadership team, an eldership team? Do you have like a board, something like this? And I said, yeah, um, actually, we do not have a board and eldership because all the story you mentioned, they had an eldership, they had a board, but they still failed. Even you can have a board and you can still fail. So I was Googling and I was thinking, is there not a role model uh, who finished the race well? So the Holy Spirit reminded me about the message I preached many years ago about Dr. Billy Graham, one of the most famous evangelists around the world. When he started the ministry, there were three friends. They started the ministry together and they finished the ministry together and had not one affair, not one scandal, nothing at all. So I said, oh my gosh, what, what do they have done? So I figured out they made a public statement like a manifest manifestation and manifest of four points that said those four points we want to take it as a foundation and we want to be faithful so i googled that and thought oh this is brilliant because in the end of the day we can coach you we can disciple you we can do everything but we are not responsible at the end of the day about your own soul your own spirit and your own what going on in the inside of you so, so we, we came up with the code of honor for the ICF Zurich and the ICF staff. And you can see there's a lot of text now in the background. And the main idea is of Hebrew chapter 12, we want to finish the race well. 
We want to finish the race well, right? To start like Peter is one thing, but finishing the race is it's another story. So we came up with four points. I'm going to give you a little bit like a background why we came up to this decision. Because we're living in a world when the devil can bring a leader to fall. It can destroy a whole entire family and a whole entire movement and also a whole entire church. And we said, we want to do everything in our power that this will not happen in our church. By the grace of God, this will not happen in our church. Amen? This cannot and will not and cannot, cannot happen in our church. Can I hear an amen? This is a statement. It cannot, it will not, it cannot. Good sentence. So, four points. Salaries and finances. So people often think, oh, this is a big church. Pastor Leo must earn a lot of money. It's always very good looking, good dress, good jeans, good sneakers, everything. So often people think, are you going to ISIS Zurich? This, all the pastors that take a lot of money from you. And we made a decision because it's not true. We know this from the beginning. If I want to get rich, I will work in the business like you. But I will never work in the church. I will never do that because... You cannot earn, not here in Europe, maybe in other continents, yes, but not here. So we made a decision. We have a clear uh, salary, and the salary will not be bigger. Even if our church are double, our salary will not be bigger. It doesn't matter how big the church is. Our salary stays always the same. All the incomes of our worship songs, of the apps, and of every book I have written, I've written 23 books I will not earn one single dollar. We gave everything to the church. That means all the worship songs and all the books belongs to you. You are the owner of books and worship songs. Amen. You are more famous than you think you are. And this is actually a statement which we made because we want to don't, we do not want to have a reputation of getting rich from the church. I don't like that idea, to be quite honest. I do, do not believe in poverty, but I don't want to be rich from the church because church means it's your money. And I don't want to do that. That's why we made a clear declaration. The money is solid. It's clear. No one can earn a lot from the church. And this is a crazy statement, uh, which we made. And this is not normal. Can I hear an amen? Hmm. <laughs> so another thing is uh, health and sexuality. We wrote it down. Um, we want to maintain a healthy and addiction-free lifestyle. We want to. We are not perfect. Listen to me. We are not perfect, but we do not allow addictions in our lives. If one of the leaders has an addiction, so we sit together. We want to ask, what is the action plan? How can we have a get-free moment? So we work together. We do not believe that we are perfect, but I believe in a progress. We can progressing step by step, being more like Jesus Christ. So here is now one call to you. If you see in our church, in your small group, in a micro church, by the kids, someone is misusing a person sexually, like a kid, like a teenager, whatever, you are forced to, to, to mention that. And he, you do not come to me or to Pat. There is a, a web page of uh, Opferhilfe Schweiz. You will shoot the email there and say, hey guys, there's something going on in our church and please help. And for us, this is very important because a lot of churches, those things are happening. They're going with the story to the pastor. The pastor say, come on, that's, that cannot be. I know that dude. We will not do that. You're going to an external uh, company. 
And they will roll all the whole case actually and they will say to you, you have a problem as a church, we have to talk and then all the laws and everything goes on and this is for us very important. You are in the position, if you see something, you go to that department. Can I hear an amen? This is very important for me because I don't want to have a sexual misuse in our community. Power and competence that means also my wife and I and all the leaders in our church, we submit on the commission and mission statement of ICF Zurich. We do not have on our own mission. It's not a Leo Picker worldwide life-changing revival ministry. No, I submit my life on the values of ICF Zurich. People say, who is your boss? The values and the mission statements we made together, it's actually we are submitting ourselves as well on those things. Credibility, it's actually important that our, our published figures and statics are truthful. And this is maybe a no-brainer for you, but it's not. If we say we have 6,000 people, that means actually we have more than 6,000 people. Swiss people, we are already going lower. Lower means we are safe. Swiss people, we make us smaller, and other nations, they make themselves bigger, but my name is bigger. So all the numbers we share from stage, you can trust they are real. Even though when you walked in, there are two people in the door, they're counting every single person. We count you because you are count. You're very important. We do not only count the money, we count every single person. We count also all those people that are watching online. We count in the people in the microchurch that all our numbers are truthful and also correct. So this is our core um, Core statement that we as the leaders, we made an agreement. We, we stick together, we fight together, we live together, but we want to live a holy lifestyle that every one of us, we are not only starting well, we want to finish well for Jesus Christ. We want to go with this statement public. From now on, you can, maybe tomorrow on, you can see this on our webpage. So everyone is saying, oh, Pastor Lee is earning from the books. You can say, you stupid fool. Just Google, just Google, Google, and you will see in ICF Zurich, it's everything written, actually, because we want to be public, that no one spreads rumors about us, what it's not true. And my, as for me, as a leader, as a pastor, it's very important. No one is perfect. Everyone, we are far away of being perfect. But we want to be holy, we want to grow more into the maturity of Jesus Christ because we have started like Peter. We were somewhere in the nowhere. God used a person and that person led me to Jesus Christ. And that person taught me about who is God. I got baptized. I had a get free moment. I learned to share my faith, to give money. But after I've done that, I want to learn to live a healthy lifestyle. I have the health check every year. And then I want to say, God, there is a codex of honor because I want to be a person, a woman, and a man of God. I want to finish my race well. So this is our journey of discipleship. And you see, smart people thought about the journey. It comes actually from Jesus Christ. Go into the world. <laughs> Baptize people in the name of the Father, of Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them everything what I have taught you. This is our discipleship journey for this year, for us as a movement, for the microchurches, for online, for everyone. And I really do believe that in the end of the years, we will not be the same anymore. More mature in Christ than before. Hey, thanks for watching. 
Hey, our passion for people is that we see them grow in their relationship with Jesus, live fearlessly and influence their people and the surrounding in a positive way. And if you would like to be part of that vision, we thank you so much for your financial support because that would make it possible. I hope that this message spoke to you really. And if you don't have subscribed to our channel, please do this. And it's always a big blessing. Maybe you know some people in your neighborhood or in your friendship say that podcast could be a very well cool thing just share the link because it's pretty pretty easy and I'm looking forward to see you again tune in and God bless you and see you soon bye bye